You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Okay, everyone, welcome back. We're here for another episode of The Homeschool Dropout. Today, I have Ammon Heyman with me. Ammon, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Ammon and I homeschooled a little bit very briefly. I don't think it was more than like two or three years back when we were probably 14, 15. Does that sound right to you? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Right around there. So I actually lost touch with Ammon for a couple of years. And then just through doing this podcast and these episodes, I remembered, I was like, oh, there was one family that I homeschooled with a bit and I couldn't remember. And it was a previous guest, actually Zach Morrell, that recommended I reach out to Ammon. And so really happy to have you here. And we're just going to start digging into your homeschooling. So why don't you give listeners your general background, your homeschooling path, your public school path, and what that looked like as kind of general logistics. Sure. So started kindergarten because I went to a preschool for, you know, a few months. And then my sister was in kindergarten at a, a local public school. And just based on that experience and a lot of what my parents' beliefs were and what they had been reading about and what they wanted for us. They decided to bring her home and also start me and my brothers homeschooling. So how many kids at that time when they started homeschooling? My older sister and my brother and I, so three of us. The, the other kids were, were a little bit too young at that point. We had some babies in the house. So at that point, I think there was, there was five of us, but three really, you know, doing day-to-day homeschool stuff. So we did that for about three years, totally at home. You know, my mom basically created the curriculum and I have amazing memories of that. I still remember all, all kinds of things that my mom taught us. She found a bunch of different programs to help us with math, with reading, memorization, geography. Like to this day, I still remember all the countries in Africa based on a song my mom taught us when I, I think I was probably in first grade, but I have real fond memories of that. But I remember in third grade, there was a a member of our community that my dad was really close with that wanted to open a private school that was kind of, I want to say like-minded to what my, my dad and mom had kind of foreseen our education to be like. And they felt good about getting us into this private school and seeing how that went. And so we did that for a couple of years, part-time and still doing homeschool, but doing a little bit of private school. And I, and I remember really enjoying having friends at the school. I I really look forward to going to school. Like if I got sick and I couldn't go, I was sad, (laughs) which a lot of my friends and in the neighborhood couldn't fathom, but I just was, I really enjoyed that, that connection, that social aspect of, of school. So we did that for a couple of years and then went back to just homeschooling for fifth, for fourth and fifth grade. And then my dad got involved with a a charter school that was getting started up in Spanish Fork, ALA. And he, he had big hopes and dreams for ALA and was really excited about it and got my sister, myself, and my younger brother enrolled. So that was for sixth grade for me. And I went there for one year and I had a blast. <laughs> I, would have, I would have had no issues staying there. But after sixth grade, we, we kind of parted ways for a minute with ALA and went back to homeschooling and 
that's when I started getting involved in the homeschooling groups that you were involved with, Michael. Mm -hmm. So if you remember like Key of Liberty and the Shakespeare programs and all that. Oh my gosh, forgot about the Shakespeare program over at Petit Me. Yep. So that's my first memories of knowing who you were and your and your brothers. I, I know I was I was close with with Todd as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for listeners, we used to meet. There's this old, old school, our community, and we rented out the basement rooms, I think, of this old school. And we'd go down there and I can't even remember what the classes were about, but we'd meet like once a week and just, I don't know, be there with other homeschoolers. And I think there was a dancing, like a social dance class with homeschoolers. And then a Shakespeare class. Honestly, as I think back, okay, it's kind of weird. I'm like, that's so weird what we were doing, but we did yeah, it. We did it. And I, I don't know if you liked it, but I, I don't know that I liked reading Shakespeare, but I enjoyed hanging out with people. And I, yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. I enjoyed doing the plays, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't continue doing it, but at the time, you know, that was, that was something I for sure looked forward to. And just good exposure, like see if there's interest, get involved. And like, it didn't stick for me, but it stuck for other kids. And that's good. Exactly. Yeah. I can think of a few people that went on and are still actors to this day. So, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that was like the first, I think, real big homeschool group slash co-op that I was involved with. And I I really enjoyed that aspect of of my homeschooling. So yeah, I, I think, I think I did the Shakespeare for two years. And so I think I was, it was 13 or 14. After that part of my homeschooling, I ended up going back to ALA for my ninth grade year. And we, we played basketball together there. And I, Wait, I really enjoyed I it. You played basketball together? You were on the team, weren't you? I was, but I don't even remember you. You, you were, oh you were a sophomore and I was, I was a freshman. So I played on the freshman team. Well, okay, I couldn't have been a sophomore because I went to the I went to Salem my sophomore year. So it must have been one year notched backwards. I remember we would wake up really early with like Kaylin Hall and have morning basketball. Is that right? Maybe you weren't on the team. I swear you were, but I I could be totally wrong. I mean, do you, do you ever remember playing with like Zach and Winslow on the team or no? I, I do. Oh my god! Well, I am digging through archives right now in my head. You gotta, we gotta find some pictures. We do. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll do that after. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so you played ball at ALA. This is your this is your ninth grade year. Ninth grade year. Okay. And really enjoyed it. Had a had a really good experience. You know, going full time there and playing sports. I really and I did track there as well. I really enjoyed that the aspect of school. I feel like I didn't get that as a homeschooler. You know, I, I was able to play sports and like with neighborhood kids and stuff, but I didn't get the organized sport. And I really, I really liked that. So after my ninth grade year ALA, my dad had gotten a different job at a private school up in American Fort called American Heritage School. And I had a lot of friends there just based on the fact that my dad was a teacher there and I had gone there several times and I connected with a bunch of people. And my dad asked me if I would be interested in going to American Heritage School for my sophomore year. And I thought about it. I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure about, about leaving ALA. That was, seemed like a really hard thing to do because I felt like I had started to get established there, but I, I decided to give it, a, give it a whirl. So I kind of did part-time American heritage, part-time homeschool, but I was able to play sports at American heritage school. So that, that was like the main reason for, for having a, like a private school in my, part of my education for that year. I just wanted to play sports, but I did most of my schooling 
online through Liberty Academy in Salem and then just some homeschool stuff. It was it was a weird year for me. I didn't really feel like I belonged anywhere. This was your junior year or sophomore year? This was my sophomore year. It it was it was pretty hard. I didn't I didn't really feel like I belonged anywhere. And okay. I was like I felt like I was going to three schools because I had a couple things at ALA, a couple <laughs> things at Liberty, and then, then American Heritage as well. Yeah. What wasn't really an enjoyable year for me, I'll put it that way. And then after that year, I decided that I wanted to be closer to to Stanaquin, where we lived, because I wanted to be able to get a job. I wanted to have friends that were, you know, close to my to my house. I had a lot of buddies in Stanaquin, but because I hadn't really gone to school with any of them, it, it was pretty much real, real casual friendships. And so I talked to my parents about going to Payson High School for my junior and senior year. And they told me I, I could I could do basically whatever I wanted, you know, is my education. And that was always their philosophy. You know, if I wanted to do something, they would they would support me. They may have like a different opinion, but they would always support me. And so I decided to go to Payson and I ended up there my junior and senior year. Okay. So that's the local high school. Yep. Okay. And I loved it. It was awesome. I was able to have a have a job that was close. I delivered pizza for a couple of years and then I created a bunch of amazing friendships and I was there until, until my mission. So your, your path sounds very similar to mine, where it was, it was hodgepodge, kind of a little bit all over the place, but honestly, yours sounds more, more chopped up than mine did. How I want to go way back a little bit. Something I felt growing up being homeschooled is you always kind of feel like you're on the outside looking in when you're not full time, even if it's like a private school or, or a charter school or something. If you're part-time, you're you're kind of on the outside looking in, especially in those formative years. Did you feel that growing up where you just, I don't know, how was that for you being part of so many different, I don't know, educational methods in such a short time? It it was really difficult for me. I I need friends. I need I need close friends. I need people that, you know, that I can count on, like mm. my people. And I think you could probably relate when you're part-time, like Sure, people like know who you are and they they might like you, but you don't really have the chance to to have like a best friend, if that makes sense. I I really had a hard time with that. I I don't like just being that person that's part time. I like being like involved and in, in, in part of in part of a group. Like for me, I, I, I needed that as a as a student, as a high school student and as a middle schooler and so forth. So it was hard. Yeah, it, it's almost a feeling of belonging. When you're, when you're full time, you're able to capture that feeling of belonging a little bit more. You have all the same periods, you have the same lunch breaks, you're, you're starting to build like shared experiences and like shared memories. And so you're making me reflect back on my time. When I was 12, we moved about 12 miles away from where I, from where I grew up. And those were, I did not have friends those years. I've always had a hard time making friends, but those years from about 13 to like 15, 16, it was just like awkward. And I was stuck between two worlds, didn't really have close friends, wasn't full-time anywhere. And so I, I don't know, those are hard years anyway, though. So part of me is like, I don't know, I might've struggled anyway. It's just hard to know for sure. But I know I felt a bit socially ostracized for a while. I think I can relate my own way to that. I have some pretty like awesome memories during that time, you know, moments and stuff. But for the most part, I, I didn't have that sense of belonging that I think I craved and, and needed. I, I remember sixth grade at ALA when I was just full-time there and it was awesome. I, I think I thrived that year. I was, I was happy. I, 
it was it was great. And then after that, it was it was really hard until I until I found a place where I felt like I belonged. So, okay. So for you, what would you have changed about your homeschooling experience? I think the the education aspect, what I what I got and what I still have for homeschooling, I wouldn't have changed anything there. I I feel like it it prepared me for for college. It prepared me for you know difficult difficult moments in my life where I kind of felt like I, I didn't belong. But things that I would change to make it easier on like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, I think I would have just, if it was my kid, I would have just put them somewhere where, where they could be full-time. And I remember when I was 14, 15-year-old and I would tell people that I'm part-time, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, well, what's part-time, full-time? I'm like, right. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's what, I'm, what I'm used to. But I think being full-time somewhere, whether it's, whether it's online homeschool with like co-ops and, and different homeschooling groups or full-time charter school or a full-time private school or full-time public school, I, I think that is what would have helped me the most because I would have had a sense of belonging rather than feeling just like I'm in limbo for, for a couple of years. Yes, feeling like you're in limbo and trying to explain homeschooling to people who don't have high exposure to it is is weird. It's like, yeah, I'm not just like doing nothing at home. You know, there, I have other things going on. It's just, it's so disconnected and compartmentalized from the public school world that you're just like, there's no way I could like explain this to you. I'm just not here for half the day or, or a whole day, you know, depending on the schedule of the school. Okay. So definitely for you, it would have been better to like get into school, go full time and kind of build those friendships. I'm curious, something, I don't know, something that I think I gained from those years that I've, I've seen my other peers take longer to gain perhaps is I think I really learned how to be alone and how to be lonely even. And because you don't always have control over that in life. You don't always have control over who's around you, how you're feeling. And so I, I really got used to being both alone and lonely. And now in my adult years, I'm introverted by nature, but I'm alone a lot, but I'm very rarely lonely. So I don't know, I guess I'm, I want to get into your head a little bit there. Have you seen that as a result of those years or, or maybe I'm just like driving a narrative to like, like, oh, oh, there are some benefits that came out of this. I don't know what's your perspective there. That's a very, a very good question. So I really do think those years have prepared me and allowed me to get to where I am today. I have, you know, a, a lot of friends who who when they get lonely or if they don't feel like they, they belong somewhere, then they really do get in their head and it, and it can affect your mental health in a super negative way. Yeah. I've, I feel like I've been able to deal with, with being alone, with being lonely, maybe not having the, the relationship that I want. I feel like I, I have been able to deal with that in a, in a healthy way. And I, I, I could see the how, how those years like helped me because in, in college, you know, in dating and whatever it may be in, in careers and school, there's moments where if you're not mentally strong, like it can break you, you know, whether momentarily or, or for the long haul. And so I feel like I've been, been able to stay pretty focused and, and not lose, not lose sight of what I want and let my, and let myself get in my head too much. So. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, keep your kid homeschooled so that so they can like be resilient loners when they're adults. I don't think that's the path because there's, you don't get to choose everything in your childhood. Much of your childhood is kind of happens to you. And so 
I, I guess personally, I've been able to see benefits from those harder years where I was homeschooled. I was, you know, I was all over the place and didn't really have like a friend group. I craved a friend group, but there were also some personality aspects. I just, I didn't have a lot of like, I wasn't a very secure kid in general. It took me a long time to get security in myself. And, and I think towards the end of high school, where I chose on my own to go part-time to the local high school, I felt a lot more secure in that choice by that time. But those are just tough years. You and I had a very chopped up homeschooling. I think both of our parents were just looking for the best thing for their kid. And it resulted in kind of a, they weren't very congruent years. You know, each year didn't really connect very well. And I, th- I don't want to speak for you. I think you and I are fine. I feel fine as an adult, but they were hard years. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I don't have any regrets if, if that's what, I don't want people to think that I have any regrets or and I really, I don't think my parents should have done anything different. They, w- if I had wanted something, they would have absolutely supported that. Cool. And I think if I would have, I would have voiced exactly how I was feeling, which at the, at the time, I don't think I really would have been able to, to voice how I was feeling. I, I really don't. I, I think it happened the way that it was supposed to do. Obviously, looking back in hindsight, you can see things much clearer and all oh, this would have helped. But ultimately, I had, I had parents who just wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to get the best education that, that I could get. And it looked different at times, but, but ultimately... I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything because what I have today is, you know, I have confidence, I have fond memories, I have hard memories, but ultimately it was, it was, I had a great childhood and I was able to find the friend groups and the belonging that I craved and I'm, I'm happy and better for it. Absolutely. And I would say my friendships now, I just like relish them. I think it was because I went years without like deep friendships, now that I have them like this, this is so cool, you know, to have like such rich friendships. So I do think being homeschooled, you get used to dealing with not belonging and being weird. It is just part of the package. And I think it makes, it has formed me into an adult that I can stand on my own a little bit better. You know, if I have a different opinion, I can, I'm like, well, I've been my whole life, you know, we've always been different. Oh, for sure. I mean, being different is being homeschooled and you just get used to it. Let's change the tune a little bit here. You, you were moving in more of a, I don't, I don't want to have like a downer episode. Oh, what were the things you really <laughs> loved about homeschool? Like bring us into your child brain. What did you just enjoy about it? Early on, my mom was really creative with, with the things that we were able to do. We would go to different libraries around Utah County. So I think I went to every single library from here to like American Fork. From sorry, from Santa Quinn to American Fork, because my mom just wanted us to be able to to explore, find different books. I have a love for reading that stuck with me, you know, since I was probably like nine or ten years old. I really started to read good books. Some of my earliest memories are like like Lord of the Rings when I was like ten years oh, old. Yeah. My dad was like, "Hey, if you want to see the movies, you got to finish these." So <laughs> I think I finished all three of them as the third movie was coming out, and then we had a huge marathon and. I, so that, that's a really, real fun memory, just how much I, I loved reading and the different books that I've read at a young age, you know, have stuck with me and I've, I've continued to, to read a lot. And I I attribute that to my, my parents giving us the time at home during the day to, to read that, that was something that like my friends really didn't have, you know, they'd, they'd get home from school and they'd have, they'd have homework. And then of course, they'd want to go play, go do something while they were at school. I was at home you know, reading because I had that time or I was 
going to different libraries. We were going on hikes. We were going to museums. We were able to do a lot of field trips during that school time because we had that freedom. So I, I was always proud of the fact that I was able to go out and do things while my friends were at school and I was technically doing my school. I thought that was super cool. And in comparing like, I don't want to say like comparing like intelligence and stuff, but I was for sure on par with what they were learning. You know, I was, I wasn't by any means left behind. And I think that, that really came down to my mom and and how hard she worked to, to make sure we were learning what we needed to do. So. I'm convinced that it is homeschoolers that are keeping the public libraries open, that we (laughs) live there. You know, we are always at libraries. And something that breaks my heart a little bit, I, and I have to be careful here because I, I enjoyed public school and I loved homeschool, but really something that I see in my peers now is our peers don't like to read and it breaks my heart or they like to read. And this is not to hate on this genre. I just don't care for it. I guess a lot of fantasy novels. I'm like, that's fun. I love light reading, but I I'm still craving like the meat, like the, the tough stuff that makes me think. And it is so hard for me to get my peers to read this stuff. And, and so in some ways I still feel isolated or I'm like, Hey, well, I'm reading all this like weird, wonky, deep stuff. There's like no one to talk to. There's no one to talk to about it because no one reads anymore. I, it, it It is tragic to me. It's such a big hobby of mine that I've taken from homeschooling that is kind of like just like on its own. You know, it's hard to relate. Okay, very cool. I feel this name. Reading was so big for my family. Let's kind of shift here then. You graduated from public school and you went into nursing. How was that transition? And did you feel prepared? Did you feel like there were gaps? And if so, what were they? So nursing kind of came a little bit further down the road for me. I, I always knew that I wanted to be in medicine. I have like early memories of like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor or basically, or I wanted to be a doctor or something in the medical field. But my senior year of high school, I went and got my EMT. I did that for about four years. And then I got my advanced EMT after that. And I was going to school to be a paramedic firefighter. But I was about a year out from getting that done. And I, I decided that it really just wasn't my field of medicine. I wasn't really clicking with some of the instructors, some of the students. And I was like, I don't know if I could be around this for the rest of my life. And so I shifted to business administration. Okay. And I did that for, uh, for a couple of years. But ultimately, it came back to wanting to be back in medicine. I was working at a treatment center for mental health and substance abuse. And I realized that the nursing field would allow me to have the flexibility to move around in different areas of medicine, but I could specialize in something that I was passionate about, uh, which is mental health. And I decided to go back and get some prerequisites done for nursing. And I was able to get into a program and pretty recently this year completed my, my RN and that's, that's what I'm doing now. I'm working in, in mental health with my two jobs and I'm, I'm working on becoming a, a nurse practitioner. And I didn't really ever think that it would be something that I would do long-term, but uh, as I've kind of dove into this, it's, it's definitely been something that I am passionate about and love. So I'm kind of laughing that you dabbled in business a little bit and then like, no, I, I want this heavy technical medical space. 
it's a really strong field. Nurse practitioners are, I mean, all the nurse practitioners I know are hardworking and really sharp people, very sharp. So I think that's really exciting for you. I think your nursing aspirations and career is really cool. And, and I think it's just great to see that, you know, despite those hard years and homeschooling and kind of all over the place and, and just different, you know, you're different when you're homeschooled you're still able to go and find your career and create your own life for yourself. And it's not, I guess, do you feel like it's, do you feel like your homeschooling experience is holding you back from pursuing your career? Absolutely not. I don't think homeschooling inhibited me in any way. If, if anything, it helped me have a love for, for school. It helped me have a love for learning. My, my parents never had to get on me for, for grades or anything because I was motivated. I wanted to learn. I wanted to do well. I understood at an early age that if you want to, if you want to do something, you have to, you have to want it and you have to do it yourself. Some of my siblings who, who didn't have the, the homeschooling experience that I did, who, who don't have that motivation in school, who, who, if you compare to like the first four kids have had completely different experiences and and really it's school, school isn't something that they they maybe love or, or thrive in as much as maybe that, that we did. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to say like, oh man, like we're better than them. I'm just saying, I, I really believe that my early exposure to homeschooling helped me have a love for learning and it's helped me through high school. It's helped me through college and just with a general work ethic that if you, if you work hard and, and do well, people will recognize that, that your, your career will be benefited. Your life will be benefited. Like, I really, I really just attribute a lot of that to how my schooling was. So, I feel very similarly in that space. Okay, so kind of wrapping up, what advice do you have for new homeschooling families? What would you tell her? I would say if you're going to do 100% homeschool, find other families who, who are like-minded and, and want the same thing for the kids and do things together. Those, ho- those homeschool groups, I, I really look forward to. I, I I gained a lot of really good friends from those. It kind of like adds another aspect to, to homeschooling that you don't get if you're just at home. So those, those co-ops, those groups are, I think, crucial in the homeschooling experience. They get, they get you ready for, for life. Like socially, I know there's a stigma on homeschoolers that, <laughs> oh, they're just a little bit weird. And I, when I would tell people that, yeah, I was homeschooled for a long time and They'd be like, wow, I would never have guessed that. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know what I what mean? What does that mean? Yeah. And that, that's, that was something I continue to hear. They're like, I would mm-hmm. never have guessed that. Like, you're, right. you're, you're kind of normal. And I'm like, oh, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. So I think getting exposure to, to the outside world is very important. I, I, I for sure was, was sheltered in a way. I think it was, it was healthy for the most part. Like my, my parents were very careful with what came into our home and, and so forth. Getting, getting some real world exposure socially is, is very, very important for kids to develop. And I looked forward to those, those things. But I think talking to your kid and, and seeing if they're happy, like, is this what you want is, is really important because there were probably times where if my parents would have been like, Hey, like, is, is this what you want? Do you, do you want to go to school with your friends here in Santa Quinn? I might've been like, yeah, let me try it. I'll try it. So I think asking them is really important because they don't know any different. I didn't know any different. So finding out what they want and then coming up with a plan, whether it's part-time, full-time or, or no time is, 
is something that I'm I'm probably going to do with my kids. I I have deep concerns with isolationist and protectionist homeschooling. If if your kids, the only exposure they're getting is your family culture and your family context, that really concerns me. But that doesn't happen in all of homeschooling. In my homeschooling, we were with your family, we're with other families. We were all over the valley, seeing a lot of different ways to get your education. And in that way, there's actually tremendous diversity within homeschooling. It is not uniform. I think that's what makes it hard to explain where it's like, this is how we're homeschooling, but this is not how everyone homeschools. It's so different. And I really like, I think kids have a lot more awareness of what they want than what we give them credit for. So getting that buy-in from your from your child, from your kid, the student, what do you want? And then being brave enough to let them choose it. I think that's really cool. Whether it be homeschool or public school, you know, let them right. have that autonomy and that decision-making power. I think it helps avoid resentment too, because I know homeschoolers are very resentful of their parents. But if if the kid was making choices along the way, I think kind of, you know, they, they feel like they chose their education. And I think kind of, you can avoid that resentment piece. I agree. I was going to ask what your plans are with your own children, but you kind of already answered. You're You're kind of leaning that way, like, Homeschooling is an option. If you want to do public school, that's an option too. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I I think the my dad would always say this phrase to us. He said, "Never let school get in the way of education." So I love I, I think it might look different for each one of our kids. It might look the same for all of them. But you know, when when my daughter's five or six, we'll we'll see where the world's at and we'll make that decision, you know, together. But I I really don't have any issues with with trying homeschooling and i also don't have any issues sending sending her to public school so i think it's great i think it's a really healthy approach there is good value in both just do what's right for the student that's always my bottom line do what's right for the student okay i mean really appreciate your time i i'm glad we were able to reconnect actually it's been years i think it's been a decade since we have been in touch but it's nice kind of connecting over those isolating years. They were tough, but we were going through at the same time, just separate. And you don't really see that. It's crazy. You don't really see that when like looking back and like knowing who you were and seeing you, I would never have guessed that, Michael. And you probably didn't think that about me. I don't know, but it's just crazy. Wow. What individuals go through and and no one knows. No one knows. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you've seen that in your line of work as well in mental health, psychiatry. Your brain is such a private place incredibly private and so getting inside of that especially as a homeschooler it's so unique i mean even your siblings if we talk to them they would have a very different experience in view okay well thanks again love to have you on the show and let's stay in touch okay thanks mike